0: Hi, this is Carmen Lev jenkins Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke. I recently spoke to Dr. Gert Quackel from the Department of Rehabilitation Medicine at the University Medical Center of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. He was involved in the article predicting activities after stroke, what is clinically relevant, for the Rehabilitation Edition of the International Journal of Stroke, published January 2013.
1: Gert uh, Quackel, I'm... Uh I have a chair in uh, neurorehabilitation at the University Medical Center. My chair is dedicated uh, to uh, stroke uh, and a little bit of uh, Parkinson's disease and also multiple sclerosis. Uh, and at this moment, I have uh, 12 uh, PhD uh, students on different uh, projects uh, in this field of uh, neurorehabilitation.
0: We're going to talk about your article predicting activities after stroke, what is clinically relevant. Can we predict individual activities after stroke?
1: Unfortunately, I don't think we can predict the individuals, but what we can is uh, having an idea about the probability or likelihood of a patient for regaining some dexterity. It's uh, just uh, like... uh, predicting the weather a little bit Uh, you are not very sure Um, um, however you have some cues to say okay this is probably a favorable outcome or this is a poor outcome Um, but you need to be very specific in this uh, field and to say a poor outcome for the upper limp or lower limp Uh, uh, but in essence uh, we are not so far that we can make an individual prediction but just the probability or likelihood of a patient uh, for regaining uh, some dexterity, walking ability, or regaining uh, independency in the DNAs.
0: So how do you measure improvement and impact in general?
1: Um, I this, this is a tough uh, question. Um, in fact, Predicting outcome at a um, body function level, um, it's it's uh, in effect no has no meaning for the for the for the clinic. Um, so I think we need to define the outcome um, at um, activity level, and uh, with that, it's very important uh, how you define the outcome that you like uh, to predict and mostly it's uh, dependent uh, on a certain type of measurement and with that also on the construct of that measurement that uh, that you are like uh, to predict. And that makes um, most prediction models very uh, specific. Um, And with that also the improvements that you are able to measure are dependent on the measurement that you are choosing uh, for that. Um, and, uh, and most of these measurements are ordinal scales, um, uh, uh, also suggesting that the steps that you are looking at are not linear in time, making uh, the interpretation also uh, uh, difficult.
0: Does the timing of assessment matter?
1: The top, that's that's a um, very crucial issue, Um the most important question I'm always saying to students is uh, that you should ask how long ago that you had that specific stroke. Because uh, time and the interval between stroke concert and the moment that you're assessing this uh, patient is uh, very important for the amount of change that you still may expect after your assessment. And that's much to do with uh, things that we don't understand, such as uh, spontaneous neurological recovery, um, dividing the amount of restitution that is possible uh, after the stroke onset. And if I'm longer after that stroke onset, it's more defined. And uh, if I'm early, I can be a little bit much more optimistic for the outcome than later in time. Suggesting that the same value on a certain measurement of outcome has a totally different meaning if you're doing this very early after stroke compared when doing this uh, very uh, late after after three months, uh, for example. And at this moment, we think that in particular the time frame uh, in the first eight, twelve weeks are very crucial uh, in in the accuracy, also in predicting uh, outcome.
0: Does information from MRI have added predictive value compared with clinical information? Um,
1: I, I like to believe this, but it's still not sure. Um, in fact, uh, we investigated uh, a couple of years ago one of my PhDs, uh, 75 uh, patients with the middle cell artery stroke. Uh, the added value, for example, of volume of MRI was very limited when compared to the clinical information that we received. Um, in fact, for the upper limb, for example, the localization of the stroke is more important than the volume of the stroke. Um, and deep infarctions um, perform worse than the superficial infarctions in the brain. Um, Suggesting that the added value is very limited, a few percentage uh, improvement in your prediction in the accuracy of your prediction model above your clinical information. However, on the other hand, uh, there are also new techniques coming up, so such as uh, diffusion tensor imaging um, and fiber tracking, in which we can visualize in a non-invasive uh, technique uh, the cortical spinal tract system and if you are able to visualise the intactness of this corticospinal tract system, then you can say something about um, the probability for regaining dexterity. At the same time, unfortunately, I should say that these, uh, the TI technique, um, it's good in predicting those patients uh, with a favorable prognosis and probably an intactness of this uh, corticospinal tract system. Uh, but... Uh, quite poor in the early days and weeks of the stroke in saying uh, who has valerian uh, decommagation and and, uh, destruction of this uh, corticospinal tract system. Um, So the edge value of DTI is very limited. And finally, you have the transcranial magnetic stimulation techniques, uh, for example, uh, also usable for the intactness of corticospinal tract system, but Again, when you compare it with the clinical information, uh, we couldn't trace any uh, added information from this uh, TMS when applied at the same moment uh, uh, post-stroke. So uh, I think uh, in this case uh, the MRI uh, has uh, still a limited uh, value in this.
0: I hear what you're saying with it having the limited value, but where do you see this imaging proposal for rehabilitation? Where do you see it going? Like, what do you predict for the future?
1: I believe that there's a lot of investigation still uh, needed for this. That we uh, try to make a so-called, uh, I call it, a multimodal uh, approach, in which you use different techniques simultaneously, um, and to um, optimize the prediction model uh, in which the clinical information is is the basic, and um, uh, adding to that uh, the DTI uh, technique and and, and uh, the TMS, but maybe also the somatosensory evoked potentials uh, to get information about um, um, about this intactness and the probability for regaining, for example, uh, dexterity. The challenge for the next uh, future is, is that we are pretty good also on clinical models to predict those patients that have a favorable prognosis in which there is some return or full return of uh, the upper limb function, for example. But the models at this moment are fairly poor still uh, for predicting those patients that will not regain dexterity anymore after six months, those with the poor prognosis. And it's the same for the lower liver. And um, there's no solution for this uh, at this moment. It might be that there should be a repeating of this measurement at a certain time, post and to test it again these time dependent determinants um, and adding all these other techniques to that. Um, but at this moment uh, uh, our models that we are developing um, for example, 25% of these uh, patients, despite they had a poor prognosis, even showed recovery on the long term. So they doesn't fit. And we are now investigating what are the characteristics of these patients that doesn't fit in our SAFE model, for example. The SAFE model is the same model that uh, uh, Catherine Stinia is using at this moment uh, for shoulder abduction and finger extension as the most important determinants for predicting uh, upper limb function. Um, and this, this is, uh, uh, I think, it has much more work uh, in this as he's investigating this too with DTI and so on in order to improve the accuracy of uh, the models. But again, we had a very good uh, predictive ability to say, okay, you will regain some dexterity just on the basis of a a very clinical uh, approach and to look to the finger extension, for example.
0: You've been listening to an interview with Dr. Gert Kwakel from the Department of Rehabilitation Medicine, University Medical Center of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. The International Journal of Stroke is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organization. Please, consider becoming a member.